Avondale lose their first game of the season. South Melbourne beat Burgers in a hellas good game. Our mid-season review of the NPL and we discuss my really mediocre dream wedding. Ladies and gentlemen, it's episode 15 of the Semi-Pro Potty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of the Semi-Pro Potty. I think we're up to episode 15 now. I'm your host, William Chambers. Every week, I'm joined by my best mate, Branson Gibson. To my right, how are you? I'm very well, mate. How are you doing? Bonzo. Bonzo? Good. Yeah. good Bloody good, you. mate. I like it. Kit bag. We always kick it off with kit bag. We're always wearing some sort of kit from... I've got to be honest with you, you're now lifting the stakes in this game by <laughs> ordering bulk kits from around the world <laughs> constantly, so I'm now squandering in the pretty pretty subpar, mediocre kits range. But, Bran, come on, walk us through what you've got on this week. Well, I'm wearing a 1994 Nigeria national kit. It's the away kit that they wore in the World Cup, I believe. It's a white kit, and it's got... Right. I'll, be, I'll be honest, I don't know what you'd call the pattern. Uh, it's sort mm. of like almost totem-like perhaps. Yeah, I Maybe. don't know what I would but call it, it either. Got, sort of got like some cross-check stripes going on. Pretty darn cool kit. Nigeria known for their sort of funky World Cup uniforms as we saw at Russia as well. Yep. It's an Adidas kit, which I quite like. Uh, do you know what I like about it? I like the Adidas stitch on logo. Yeah. So it's like, a, it's a full rectangle with black background Adidas white text. Very nice. Yep. Number 10, JJ Akocha. Former, yes. Yes, former Nigerian player. Did play for Bolton, PSG, for the yeah, So it's was, a pretty snazzy little kid. That was when Bolton were quite good as well, wasn't it? I think, yes. So I quite like it. It's definitely unique. And Nigeria, cool country. Floats all my boats. But it very much does. Talking about kit bag, mate. You are wearing a kit that, I'll be honest, I very much like. And you said I'm stepping up the game. But I don't have this particular kit that you've got. And I'm quite envious because it's a bloody good one. What are you wearing? I'm wearing the spew kit. The re-released version of the Spew Kit. Um, it's yeah, so good. It is just so good. Like, as far as kit designs go, this is what you do. You just go, you know what? Let's just make it interesting. Oh, absolutely. And it's not a template. There's no fucking stripes on the sleeves. There's nothing like that nonsense. It is just a full-on bit of vomit on a kit. Yeah, and it's just excellent. And I think we're both wearing kits. That should send a message to kit designers at the moment of, you know, go... Go bold, go yeah. crazy, go bananas. If you expect players to step onto the field and not go hard because you've not gone hard as a designer, mm. then, you know, lift your game so they can lift <laughs> their game. Exactly, exactly. Um, I think we're doing kit bag pretty proud this week, so... I think I we are. Like I mean, I'm so running out of kits, it's not funny. Mm, I was you've... too. I've jumped, on, <laughs> I've jumped on eBay. My girlfriend did ask, how many did I buy? I'm like, oh, you probably don't. Lie. Don't. Just <laughs> lie. Say but that you bought some for me. If you need to get okay, out of the doghouse, say that... Oh, like, but I bought these five, but four of them are for Will. Like, but he said I can look after them for him. And wear them eternally. <laughs> yes, pretty much. I like eternally is the idea of wearing a kit. Yes, forever. <laughs> um, now, we've got a really interesting one this week where we've obviously divvied up the games to, to watch and cover and everything. And all of your games are the really exciting ones. <laughs> and so normally what tends to happen is we kind of loosely go backwards and forwards. But right now it's pretty much just going to be Branson talking about the games he watched for like a good 20 to 30 minutes. But also, to be fair, when you said we divvy the games up, you were the one who did the <laughs> I know, games I know. Up. So I don't know if you just kind of divvied them up without really paying too much attention. But I've ended up with what are probably the four more exciting games, but, you know, that's just the way the cookie crumbles this week. Yeah, and I mean, to kick off with uh, what my vote for the most exciting game was, for so many oh, semi-professional football reasons, was Heidelberg 1, South Melbourne 3, Branson. Well, this was a big one. Definitely didn't see this particular result coming, you know, big match, old school, sort of NSL, Greek rivalry. Certainly lived up to the hype, and I mean, it got off to an excellent start, because pre-game... Even before the first, the whistle had gone. Pre-game, there was a wedding. There was a married couple there at the... I don't think they got married at the game, or they might have just been there for the reception or whatever. We'll talk about it later, but there was a wedding before the game, and if that doesn't get you fired up, I don't know what will. Uh, Actually sort of backfired for Heidelberg, at least. South were the team who I thought were far better in the first half. 
surprisingly. Uh, they came out on fire and they were just sort of absolutely ruthless in front of goal, mm-hmm. which is sort of strange for a team that only scored... I think we said it what, a week or two ago that it was like they've scored the least number of goals. Yes, yes. And so to score three against Heidelberg, one of the best teams in the comp, uh, was surprising to say the least. Uh, Bates, Schroen, and Salados all scored to put South up, I think it was 3 0 within 30 minutes. Uh, Salados' goal was an absolute. Peach. Yeah, well, Peach, yes, don't want to steal you. It was a ripper. I really liked it. It was just such a classy finish. So he's sort of, you know, driving into the ball, cuts it back onto his right foot, and then just unleashes a beautiful curling effort. Mm. Goalkeeper stranded in the spot, absolutely no chance, did not move, and it really just sort of capped off a great start for South. And they just seem to take all their, all, well, pretty much almost all their chances yeah. in the first half. And we talked about, you know, games earlier in the year where they've just sort of. I don't know, just been missing something. Yeah, like you know, they're, they're not bad at getting the ball near the final third. Um, you know, like Marafiotti is always there or thereabouts with it. But, you know, it's getting it in the back of the net that was the problem. This game, definitely not the problem. No, no. And the goals that they were scoring were, were good goals, good mm. build-up play, good finishing. So yep. positive signs for South if they can keep this up. Uh, Heidelberg was sort of nowhere really to be seen in the first half. They did get a goal back in the second half, though. Through a penalty, which again, amazing, was taken by Chris Theodoridis, who is who, the goal. Is he the backup striker? Because I've yeah, not heard yeah, of him yeah. on the score sheet well, this uh, year, Branson. That, well, that's probably because he's the goalkeeper, <laughs> which is amazing. Because I, I don't think, in my years of watching football, I've ever seen a goalkeeper take a penalty in like in, regulation in, time yeah, in a yeah. live game situation. So yeah. again, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But that sort of blew my. He scored it. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, everyone's here like what a week after the A League sort of final series. Been yeah. like, oh, like, Liam Reddy took a penalty. She's yeah. like, yeah, it's a penalty shootout. Like, whatever, yeah. anyone could do that. But it's like this is an <laughs> this is a player outranking ten other outfield players at taking penalties. Well, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Pretty baller. I like it for strategy. But anyway. Uh, I was sort of thinking there, you know, there might have been a comeback going on, but I mean, it didn't. It didn't really happen. Partly because uh, Jack Petrie or Petrie was shown yes. a straight red. Was uh, it a straight or was it a second yellow? Well, there was there was actually two red cards, so oh, he was shown yes. a straight red, and then uh, Ruben Way, good point, was actually booked twice, and so he was sent off before the penalty. Yes. So down to 10 men, then Heidelberg got the goal back through the penalty, you're thinking, oof, maybe, mm. you know, 10-man Heidelberg against 11-man South going into the game, you say, oh yeah, fair battle. Considering uh, then, how tenacious Heidelberg have been this year as well, like, you know, they take games to, to teams, and you know, oh, yeah. they, they don't ever sort of like tap out, but... Yep. So, you know, so Way and Petrie were sent off, so down to 9 men, uh, Heidelberg had 8 bookings in the game That's as well. brilliant. I which, love that. I mean, we've sort of followed their games every week. I haven't checked specifically to see if that's the most they've had. I mean, they always seem to have quite a few, but eight is a lot, Yeah, I thought. Uh, but in the end, South Melbourne, great performance, win 3-1. It was a huge missed opportunity for... for uh, yeah, sorry, a huge missed opportunity for Heidelberg. Could have closed the gap on Avenel. We'll talk about Avenel's result in a little bit. Uh, yeah, but instead, the gap remains at... Six points between yeah. Heidelberg and Avondale. And as far as South go, that's two huge derby wins for them this season. They beat the Knights earlier mm-hmm. in the OG Melbourne derby. Yeah. Absolutely. Two wins in a row as well against quality opponents. I think they beat the Magic last week and now they've beat Heidelberg. Seems and then, to have come out of nowhere as well. Where exactly. you know, it's Obviously they had a managerial change a good month and a half ago now. Yeah. Like That was quite a while ago. We didn't see much of an impact from that. The games, I remember watching, there was a... Really boring draw a couple of well, weekends ago on the Sunday. And yeah, I was like, oh my God, there's just so not a lot out of this game yeah, to well, even take out of it. Well, that's the thing. The two wins come back on an insipid draw against yeah. Oakley where they looked Weird. woeful. But, I mean, the other good thing for South is now they're sort of, they're looking up at the finals yeah. rather than looking... Down at the, d- yeah. Exactly. Like, they're now closer to a top six spot than they are to a relegation spot. So yeah. that's... That's obviously good for them, and we'll see if they can uh, carry it on into the second half of the year. We will. That's all right. Time for you to have a break now, Branson. Mm-hmm. Break is over. Yeah, into, <laughs> into another shock result from the weekend. Avondale 1, Bentley Greens 2. Big, big, big upset. Well, huge, of course, for the obvious reason of Avondale losing for the first time this season, snapping a 14-game unbeaten run. I believe it was a club record 
unbeaten yep. streak, uh, including including a couple of FFA Cup wins. But I mean, yeah, they count. Yeah, They're still of matches, of course. Uh, again. Don't know if I fully saw this coming, but great result for Bentley. Uh, it was a pretty attacking first half. Not a ton of like you know clear cut overwhelming chances, but I definitely thought that Bentley seemed to be on top. They just looked more threatening. They were looking dangerous mm-hmm. from set pieces, in particularly from corners. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's two weeks in a row Avondale have looked really susceptible from corners. Yep. Uh, Bentley were also whipping you know great balls in in terms of crosses. Another thing that I sort of seem to notice is Bentley seemed keen to sit back a little bit more and let Avondale have possession, which is... Seems like a dangerous tactic against such a prolific attacking team. Well, a little bit, and Bentley is sort of known as a team who play football themselves, Mm. so I would have thought that it would have been a battle for both teams to try to dominate possession so they could play the way they wanted, Mm -hmm. Uh, but... Bentley didn't seem... They seemed to mix it up this week, and it it, it worked. I mean, Avondale struggled to break them down. They only really had one pretty good chance in the first half, which they bottled. Um, Bentley were just sort of building the pressure all the way through the first half, and then in the second half, they were able to capitalise on the pressure. I think Marco Jankovic opened the scoring uh, through a header from a corner. Mm. And that was the first time Avondale had trailed all season in over 1,300 minutes of football. So two streaks coming to an end for Avondale this week. When it rains, it pours. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Well, I suppose if you lose, then your streak of never trailing is... Of Probably going to be taken as well, yeah. Of course, likely <laughs> to go. Uh, but to Avondale's credit... Their coach, Zora Mikowski, said, you know, he wasn't worried about when they go behind because they score goals. He knows they can respond. And to their credit, they did respond pretty well uh, after falling behind. The attacking attempt, I thought it was there. I thought they looked good, uh, at least a lot better than they had so far in the game. Mm-hmm. They were able to sort of step up the pressure, generate a few more chances. I think uh, Brandon Lundy found the back of the net, but it was uh, ruled out for offside. But then not long after, they did find an equaliser, uh, a looping header from Mute Towns. It just sort of perfectly yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. The keeper was sort of at the near post and it went, I don't know, maybe eight metres up in the air. Mm. Not exactly a conventional header from a goalie, uh, sorry, from a striker to beat a goalie at a corner, but Ryan Scott had nothing to do about it, couldn't really do a lot. From there, though, like, I was at the game and I'm thinking, all right, here we go, Avondale, all the momentum are with them. You know, they went behind, they stepped it up, they've equalised, they're going to go on and win this. Uh, didn't think that for long because, you know, as we say every week in the trend of teams conceding just after going ahead, mm-hmm. two minutes later, Bentley said, you know what, we've got other ideas and took the lead. Avondale coughed up another goal. Matt Fertel had acres of space in the box and just tapped in a low cross. Gave Bentley two on lead. That, that was all the goals that were in it. Bentley had a couple more chances as well on breaks. So at a third, I think UL had a good shot. Uh, that somehow missed. Avondale had a couple of half chances, but things just sort of weren't falling their way. And for Bentley, though, the win is huge. Yeah, huge. That, that stops... that does, It tackles it from two areas. It stops Avondale running away, yep. and then it also gives them points to gain on them. Oh, like it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a good six-pointer. Yeah, oh, 100%. And it bumps them up to second, so they now leapfrog Heidelberg. Yep. They're only four points behind Avondale, so definitely not... Quite within striking distance, but the pressure is definitely on. Yeah. Uh, another shout-out for Bentley. It was head coach John Anastasiadis. It was his last game in charge as head coach. Mm-hmm. And I also believe it was Valentino Uel's last game. I think yes. they are both Western United. Bound, and yeah. so they're starting their pre-season. Yeah, I think something said June, July, so relatively soon. Yeah. So I think... I mean, don't know what J.A. I think it's, it's, it's a weird one for mine because, like, particularly Val, like I understand um, coaching staff going, but Valentino UL, what's better than a preseason of playing competitive matches? Well, I think you, if, like if, if you're Western United, a weird one. Well, if you're Western United, I think you go. Do you know what he has done? It well. It's interesting because I think what was it last year? Kane Shepherd played for Avondale. Mm-hmm. He played all the way up to the final, and then as soon as the final was done, he went straight to Newcastle. The mm. Jets were happy with that. So maybe it's just you know a bit of a differing 
opinion in club philosophy because yeah. because you just signed this young guy, exciting player. Well, you you probably want to get him in on like the te- like it's a team starting from scratch. You probably want everyone yeah. there from day one, so yeah. you build that that family vibe to it and everything. Yeah. But like for mine, it just seems weird just to pull him off mid season in the NPL where it's like he can get games under his belt. Like, and it'll be interesting to see how Bentley can recover from that. Like, obviously. He's, mm. pro- he's probably he's their best very good. He's yeah, probably he's been their good. best player. So, but on the flip side, going back to Annadale, concerns for them mainly because you know all year we were talking about you know how good they've been. They could do it against the lower teams, yeah. But then they come up against Heidelberg, they come up against Bentley. A draw and a loss is mm. not are not the results they would have liked. In particularly Bentley at home, the draw at Heidelberg I thought was a good point for them. The mm. loss at home. Not so good. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I, yeah, look, I, 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 I don't think, I don't think it's too bad for Avondale. There are signs, there are signs that we're now starting to see that teams are learning how to play against them. Yeah. Now they haven't got the biggest defense. You know, by no means yep. do they have the biggest defense. So mm-hmm. that totally explains corners. It's kind of mildly surprising because I think Chris Oldfield is a very good goalkeeper and has been oh, commanding his penalty area 100%. like an absolute lord this year. Yeah. So you know. There's weaknesses there, but oh my god, man, we're talking chinks in armor, yeah. not like well, full blown. I think the breaches. key. I think the key takeaway from these two games is Avondale are not clear runaway favourites to win this entire yes. thing. Like yeah. it looked like they were after ten weeks, but having played those top teams, now less than mm. one last point on this game. Avondale have now lost to Bentley in their last five consecutive league games. Mm. Which is huge. Bentley did the double on them last year and and the year before that. We know they're going to be there or thereabouts at finals time. Yeah, the, on, the only win that Avondale has over had is that remarkable semi final last yeah. year when they were 3 1 down. But to be fair, I won't count that because two of the goals were own goals. So hard to credit that. But great result for Bentley. Do you want to break, mate? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah excellent. All right. Yeah, no, what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump in. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to give Branson a break. I'm going to talk about the. Because the next game that you've got to cover is a cracker. So mine is less of a cracker. Yeah. Um, I had a look at Dandenong City 1, Port Melbourne 1. So, look, it's sort of an interesting result where I now have a gut feeling that these two teams are going to maybe be, be around the same point of the table in the year. I think Port Melbourne are maybe showing signs they might be dropping down mm-hmm. a bit and other mm-hmm. teams around them, like Oakley and stuff, are coming up. Yep. And so, yep. you know... Trending I think, in the wrong way. And I think, you know emotionally and minorly based off of the sort of actions around the clubs over the last couple of weeks, Daniel City might be lifting out of that relegation zone, but we'll see where we go. So I think it's an interesting one because I think this is kind of like a prediction of two teams are going to be very close to each other at the end of the season. Um, Look, going through it, look, Symes um, in goal uh, for Port Melbourne was culpable for um, the the Daniel City goal um, halfway through the first half. Yeah, it was just, you know... Ball in from a free kick. He could have either come for it, like it was not that far out, or he could have saved it because the shot that was headed in was just straight at him. And, and what did he do? He did neither. <laughs> so, you know, like it was one of those ones where I was like, uh, like, yeah, you probably could have just like kept it at nil nil there, but you know, we all make mistakes. Um, it was Lombardo, I think, who finally was, you know, he got the last touch on that one. Or the keeper got the last touch on that one, but it was Lombardo who sort of put it in the right direction. Um, and then, you know, what we've said again, immediate equaliser. I'm talking matter of 120 seconds. We should um, count these, because this is crazy, but yeah. Yeah, it's just one of those ones where it's like, I feel like maybe we take a break from the league and we tell everyone just to go through and be like, hey, cool, this is what mental fortitude is, and this is how you um, how you focus for the 20, <laughs> 20 minutes after conceding a goal, even like five, yeah. hell. Um uh, but look, yeah, it was an immediate equaliser from Michael Eager, so that was 1-1, and, and outside of that, you know, it was, it was a better performance, it wasn't a great game to watch, but it was a better performance for both teams, um, I think Port looked much better going forward than in previous weeks, um, particularly Beekhurst, I liked watching Beekhurst sort yep. of run around a bit with a bit more purpose, um, but again, you know, it's... You can run around with purpose, but you've really got to put the ball in the back of the net, there weren't a lot of chances created, um... I put that down to as well. Dandenong City had a much better structure to their play. You know, particularly in the first 20, 30 minutes, they didn't look like, like, defensively, when they were clearing it out of the box, there was a line. There was a unit that everyone sort of looked like they knew where each other was and there was some sort of cohesion there. So, Port Melbourne looked better going forward than they had in last week's. Dandenong City looked better defensively than they have in the, Mm -hmm. you know, previous 
half of the season, pretty much. Um, and look, it's probably a fair fair point for each team on the balance of play. There were no sort of really guilt edge, like, oh my god, how did that not go in sort of chances. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it keeps them in ninth and 13th, respectively. Yeah. So, where I think that, I think Dan and Ong City are going to come up, and I think that Port Melbourne are realistically looking like a 10th place team this year. Yeah. You know, it's just an interesting one where I think they've got a big follow-up game after this one, Dan and Ong City. I think they're going away to Avondale. Yeah. And given Avondale's result, yeah, if I mean, Dan and City, because they've got quite a big <laughs> defensive team, you know, like yeah. if Dan and City take the game to Avondale, mm-hmm. it could be interesting. It could. The other option is Avondale could turn around and be like, oh, yes, we have witnessed that we are beatable and we're yeah. going to rectify and it could be 6-0. Yeah. You know, like, it's, yeah. it's one yeah, of those yeah. ones where it's a really... This this game kind of tied up a very interesting fixture next weekend of who's going to take it to the next level. The one, the one thing I will say is slightly concerning for City is you're running out of teams that you've got to beat. So it's the same... Yeah. So as t- going back to form, you know, you're looking at the fixture, you go, okay, we're not going to beat, you know, the top teams, so we've got to beat these teams sort of near us and, you know, maybe snag a couple of wins against those middle-tier teams. I reckon Port Melbourne at home would have been a game where they sort of looked at it and go, do you know what, we can get three points from that. A draws, as you said, probably not the worst result, but at yeah. the same time... In draw- the context of the season, it's not a great result, but on the balance of play, I think it was probably fair, but yeah, it's... Uh... Yes. They've really got to sort of turn around and, and start getting, like you said, three points against teams around them. Yeah. Um, on the topic of three... Good one. Good segue. Yeah, thank you. It. Melbourne Knights three. Dandenong Thunder three. Branson, run us through this one. Oh, this six-goal thriller not in Manila. Yes, well, this was just another exciting game. I mean, we know the Thunder don't mind conceding goals, conceded the most, and this week they uh, decided to score a bunch mm. as well. So concede a bunch and score a bunch. Uh, Dandy started the better of the two teams. I thought they got an early goal that took advantage of what I thought was like a pretty sort of sluggish start from the Knights. I don't know. Like they just sort of looked a little bit, a little bit nowhere, maybe a little bit too content at home. Uh, to be honest, though, all all the rest of the action really seemed to take place in the uh, second half of the second half of the game. We saw some serious seesawing action and sort of went back and forth. Pretty much, so stick with me here, but the teams traded goals. So Thunder made it 2-0. Mm-hmm. Svitkovic brought it back to 2-1. Uh, Barnes for the Thunder then netted his second goal of the game, made it 3-1 to restore their, you know, Danny's two-goal lead with about mm-hmm. 20 minutes to go. And this was sort of like the crucial point in the game you go, okay, because you're sort of thinking, you know, Dandy might have just iced this yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, but I was really impressed with the Knights the way they played from there. So, I mean, they easily could have gone, well, you know, we're down by two, that's it, game over. But they actually, they responded really well. Uh, they really stepped it up. Uh, their new signing, uh, Mohamed Awad, scored a cracker uh, to make it 3-2. And then the Knights were just sort of really pushing for an equaliser. You know, they had a couple of chances, but all the momentum was with there. So, like, you're watching this game and you're going... They're gonna get an equaliser. They're gonna score. Dandy really seemed like they were they were hanging on for that last twenty minutes after taking you know uh, taking back that two goal lead. In the end, the Knights did get an equaliser. I think they got a penalty in like the 89th minute, and Albano was able to slot it away, saving or salvaging. Sorry, not saving, mm. salvaging a point for the Knights. But I just thought that this was an interesting result because it was sort of good and bad for both teams yeah so like it was it was it was an entertaining match but again in the context of the season it, it kind of helped neither yeah like so we'll start with the Knights so it was good good for the Knights because they trailed 2-0 they trailed 3-1 and they made they, they were able to you know come back and salvage a point and the equaliser they got I thought it was a deserved equaliser they probably could have got an equaliser before that, and this is going to sound extremely weird, but if they'd scored an equaliser earlier, you would have backed them to then go on and win it. Mm-hmm. So rather than scoring in the 90th, if they scored in the 80th, you'd gone, yep, they're going to win this 4-3. Alas, they didn't, and it was a draw, so that's very weird. Mm. <laughs> if they'd scored earlier, they would have won. doesn't matter. Anyway, um, so that was good, but then the bad for the Knights is 
I would have thought that Thunder at home is a game that they'd want to win. Oh, yeah. 100%. I think there's many teams in this league that are going, Daniel Thunder are three points. Yeah, well, I mean, and like the Knights are a top team, or are pushing to be a top team, and top teams need to beat those teams around us. And it's funny because yeah. we say that, and the top teams almost all drop points this week. Yeah. But, but, you know, like that's always, I know it's a cliche, and, and I say it every week, but you, you just gotta, you just gotta win these kinds of games, and they didn't. The goals they conceded as well left a lot to be desired. Mm. There was some poor marking, Dandy, the Thunder Relay, yeah, sorry, the Thunder were able to play dangerous balls in behind the Knights' back line. Uh, the marking left a lot to be desired as well, so I think they'd want to do a lot better on, on those three goals. Mm. Uh, for the Thunder, though, missed opportunity. Winless in their last six. A victory at night Stadium, I reckon, would have been huge. Yeah, uh, definitely. But instead, they're in 11th spot, only one point clear of Oakley. We're seeing that sort of bottom of the table starting to condense, that second sort of batch of the table now, like, condensing up. Yeah. As, you know, Dan and Thunder are getting points. Dan and City are now getting points. And, and what's going to happen is the team that avoids relegation is going to be the team that takes these chances. Yeah. So South Melbourne, up against Heidelberg, up 3-0, they win it. Dan yeah, and yeah. Thunder, up 3-1, they don't. Yes. Um, there was another, you know, you got all the cracking games this week, mate. I can't help but feel mildly jealous. But you also saw Pasco Vale 5 putting it to Altona Magic 2. Well, I'll tell you, mate, Pasco Vale went absolutely bananas. Oh, they, bananas indeed. Bananas indeed. The definition of bananas. So after, so after only scoring three goals in, I think, their last five games, they then scored four, four inside the first 25 minutes. So they blew this one right out of the water early. Altona never really stood a chance, you know? It was sort of like one in the back of the net, and then it was two, and then it was three, and then before you really know what's happening, it's four, and you're sort of going, well, this is... Done. The game is almost over, yes. Yeah. Well, I, I was w- watching him working, and I remember sort of working and glancing up the score, I'm like, oh yeah, nil, oh yeah, whatever. Glance up ten minutes later, I'm like, two nil pack, I'm like, oh, bananas, and then worked away, and then it was four nil, I'm like, what have I missed here? What have I Start done? Start to evaluate how much work you've achieved for <laughs> well, each goal, so you're like, slow down. Well, I was watching the Knights in the... Uh, and the Altona game as well. Um, sorry, not Altona. The Knights game and had the audio on for that. So, But anyway, uh, Altona did... Well, sorry. We've seen some crazy results in world football in you know recent weeks. 4-0 yeah. down, but no crazy comeback from Altona. They did snag a couple of goals in the second half, but another goal from Paco in the middle sort of meant that the result was never really in doubt. A good sign for Paco, though. They had five different goal scorers. They had Rahimi, Bernabeu Madrid, Van Schip, uh, Val Kurtzis, and Bartels all got on the score sheet. So good to see that, you know, they're not just relying on one player like they were earlier. And Van Schip had been quiet for a couple of weeks, hadn't he? So, you know, seeing him back on the score sheet is a good sign. Converted the penalty, you know, break the ice. Hopefully good for him. Great result for Paco, though. They... Uh, the week after they enter the relegation zone, they get a thumping win. Three losses in a row for Altona since they reached the lofty heights of fourth spot and they now slide out of the finals. They're mm. still well and truly in the finals hunt, but a loss like this has got to hurt. Again, you've got to beat teams below you. They did not. They did not. They, in fact, got pumped. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> this is like... Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah. absolutely pumped. Very um, concise. Will... Your turn, mate. Tell me about oh, the game. I know, finally. No, Green, Green um, Gully Oakley. Tell me about that Green one. Green Gully Oakley, 1 1. Spoiler alert, all the games that I'm talking about this week were 1 1 draws. Um, it's, and it's, it's kind of nice to talk about them in context because they're all very much teams could have probably. They're yeah. about the same area. Like, like, teams could have made a real statement with these results, but yeah. no one did. So it's like, okay, cool. You kind of, like you said, all the top teams drop points and all the sort of mid table teams. Got draws, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, so, look, Green Gully won. Oakley Cannons won. Look, there was a definite highlight in this. Uh, Wade Decker put the cannons up early with a absolute goddamn shoe rocket. Um, it was just hit, is yeah, how you would yeah. describe it. It was a cracker. Loved it. Haven't seen too many of those this year, I don't think. It was sort of like on a volley or yeah, a bouncing ball. It, yeah. it was just lovely. I yeah. loved it. And it's like the one where, like, you see the net get hurt. Yeah. Like, the net got hurt. Would William Chambers have been able to do that? Not even slightly. Not you could give slightly. me a million footballs a and, million. like, 30 years, yeah. and I probably wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> All of them would have gone rose-head. Um, 
But then there was a controversial goal line decision, which we don't actually talk about a lot this season. There's, we've not had any goal line technology, no, no VAR no. nonsense in this. So, you know, there was a controversial goal line decision for a very smart free kick from uh, Kalmar. Um, it's sort of like a... It was from, like, the top corner of the box. Yeah, and it's like, he's kind of shot it, and it's it's smart. It's a very smart free kick, but it very much, for mine, looked like it had gone over. Yeah, it did look like it had gone over. What do you reckon, though? Was it a shot or a cross? So he sort of... That like, was a shot. I think it reckon? was a shot, So yeah. it was sort of like, you know, top corner of the box, it looked like he was either having a shot or sort of whipping a ball into the near post. Yeah. Uh, the keeper... The Oakley keeper, I reckon he probably could have done better. Well, this is the thing. I think he left a lot of space at that near post, and yes. that's why I call it a, a smart free kick, because okay. I think Nicky Kalmar's actually gone, you know what, We've, why wouldn't you give this one a go? And if not for a couple of centimetres, probably would have yes. probably would have gone in. Yep. But again, we don't have to worry about goal line technology, getting it wrong or right. We've just got to go, you know what, referee didn't call it, so it's not a goal. Yep. Um, it was shooting practice from range in the second half of both teams, really. You know, there were good chances carved from both um, Green Gully and Oakley Cannons, but uh, forced a couple of good saves, but it was all scrappy and last ditch and people falling over each other. and um, So it made it very entertaining, but it was definitely not a game for the purest. Um, I think Oakley Cannons probably deserved more out of this game. Um, I think they were actually really impressive. We'll sort of talk about them a little bit later on. But... They're, they're showing a lot more signs of life than I probably credit them for in our shows. You know, I think we'll probably find ourselves talking about Oakley Cannons a lot more in the second half of the season because I think they're now starting to put some good performances. Um, but then I say that, you know, Oakley Cannons probably deserved more out of this game. Alex Salmon did hit the crossbar. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like by no means were Green Gully not in this. Like, I think a draw is probably right, but I did also notice as well that I think Green Gully is going to be a hard place to go when we really start digging into winter because that was quite a lovely autumnal day. Very windy. It was very... Well, it's always windy up there. Yeah. But it was just a dust bowl. You know, like, you saw players running and the ball bouncing and patches of dust just, like, <laughs> just exploding in the ground. And I'm like, shit, like, that would A, hurt to play on, and then B, when it's, like, a weekend of solid rain, it's that is just mud. going to be mud. Excellent. So I'm kind of looking forward to that because I think that would be very entertaining. Um, last game of the round, mate. Last game, we've Kingston got... City oh, spoiler alert. Hume City. Tell me about it. 1-1. Kingston City, Hume City. But, have to say, much better from Kingston City. Yeah. Very hypercritical of them, I would say. Um, I think the term we throw around is insipid performance. Did they uh, start well? Um, no. <laughs> that was the bit where they did it, didn't do. Still, it was typical Kingston at yep. that stage. So, uh, they went behind in the first minute... Um, James Brown, again, scores for Hume City, like, just... Uh, his 12th goal of the season Yeah, does that well, put him... Tied with Bolin on Yeah, because I was about to say, like, he just... We were talking, you know, a goal a game is what strikers will sort of aim for. Yep, yep. And he's pretty much yep, bang on right, for that. Yeah, right um, about that. And he's doing it. He's not, like, scoring three against Minnows. He's getting a goal every game. Yeah, like, consistent. You know, yep. Yeah. Um... So, look, that going behind uh, very early on, put them on the back foot for most of the first half, to be honest with you. Um, but coming out the second half, Kingston were much better. I'm not sure what happened in the, the change rooms, but um, there was a goal from a set piece that was ruled out because of offside, and it, for mine, it looked pretty tight. But also, I was watching a stream, not <laughs> at the ground, and yep. a, like, <laughs> certified match official. So, you know, I'll probably give the... Indeed, um, harder to tell. Um... I think it was Sakizada who was sort of on the end of that one, but um, almost all of the second half chances were energetic and dynamic play from Kingston, um, which we just have not seen. Like mm. fundamentally, we've not seen it. So it was really entertaining to watch, and I was kind of glued to the television because I'm like, "Oh, this is this this getting like pretty pretty dicey." Yeah. Um, the goal that they did get was great build up play by Tidmarsh. Um, he put a ball across the box um, for Zved to tuck home. Oh, no, it was actually Tidmarsh with the build-up play. Zved put the cross in. It was just sort of, you know, flashed across the six-yard line. Um, and a cracking run in from Theo, um, you know, just uh, with conviction. It's things we've not seen from Kingston City. They just... Yep. It, Theo just picked a spot to run to and was waiting for the ball to be there, and it was there, and he, he tucked it home in front of the defender. So it was a really good goal. They had a tense finish. Um, I really think Kingston could have got a win. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think celebrate getting a point against Hume. That's yeah. good. But 
you know, they, like that would have been a really big upset if they got a win. Um, I think I think that was just sort of like a trend for the round we saw as well. Like the only teams who really took advantage of you know good performances were Bentley and South, and literally everybody else was just a bit crap, except for yeah. Paco, who scored I five. Because they were good games. Yeah, but like, it's sort of like I feel like. You know, an emerging trend is like we just we're sort of saying, "Oh, could have done better." Would have been a good result. Yeah. Could have won it. Yeah. You know, but yeah. but that anyway. is football. The uh, is. the mistress of football that it is. Um, it'd be interesting to see what that points. Um, I think the tables condensed a lot oh, yeah. over the last like mm-hmm. two two rounds. Yep. Um, so it'd be interesting to compare actually what those sort of points tallies after the rounds are. But anyway, in terms of points tallies. Humor in sixth, um, Kingston in fourteenth. They're unmoved, but based on those results. But it's the fact that that has condensed a lot more. That sort of that sort of point on the table. Yeah. So, whilst Kingston are bottom, you know, they're still staying level with Dandy City pretty yeah. much. And um, you know, it's a, it was a really good good performance from Kingston. But who knows? And well, so that was the final game of round thirteen. So yes, the close of round thirteen, and the close of round thirteen also brings an end to the first half of the MPL Victoria yeah, season are. as well. So what blow I'm the here, whistle? <laughs> yes, yes, half time straight to the sheds. I like it. Good one. Uh, so I was thinking what we could do at the moment. We've got a few questions for you. A bit of a mid-season review. So rather than ta- trying to take a look at the season as a whole, I've got a few questions for you. Oh yeah. To see what we think of different oh, shit, teams. I haven't done a random flag for you. Oh, that's a very random time to bring up I know. the random flag. Oh, yeah, Me- no, because you've got you never give me questions. I always give you the random flag yes. questions. Okay. Very frustrating. <laughs> oh no! All right, but uh, yeah, you can go find the, your questions. I'm going to go find a flag. So mid <laughs> mid season reviews. All right, so a couple of questions for you. So best team, first half of the season. Who's your best team? Yeah. It's going to be very. I know that you're sort of against saying that they're great because they're kind of just flat-track bullies against not-great teams mm-hmm. when they've been tested that perform. But for mine, Avondale, you know, you can't look past being undefeated for the first half of the season, yep. pretty much. Yep. Um, they've also played some really good football in there, you know. Oh, absolutely. Good, great, good saves, good goalkeeping, good goals from Boland and, you know, Zinni playing down the wing. It's great. So, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely put, put Avondale up there. I will agree with you. I will say Avondale. I yeah. will have a little asterisk saying, you know, they are the best team just, mm. um, having not beaten Heidelberg or Bentley. Having not done it on a rainy day in sunshine. Yeah, but the thing that sort of differentiates them is they didn't drop points against teams they shouldn't... Sorry, they didn't drop points yeah. to teams they should have beat, which we have seen both Bentley and Heidelberg yes, do. true. So... You know, like they beat almost everyone else except Hume. So for them, that's going to be a massive result. So I think they're the best, but I think it it would be slightly concerning to them that they Mm. can't beat Heidelberg or Bentley. Second question, surprise package. Who do you reckon, which team has been your surprise performer so far this year based off the first half of the season? So having obviously not seen any NPL Victoria games mm-hmm. prior to the season, apart from one Port Melbourne game. Yeah. It's like, it's hard, it's, it's hard to compare it against, but I'd probably say... Well, we did, we did a bit of a pre-season review. We did, we did of... a pre-season, yeah, and I think I know sort of where it is, but uh, for mine, I think Green Gully, having also gone yeah. out there and talking to, to them, you know, yep. well, seeing they... that, you know, they will probably admit that they have overachieved this year well, already. You know, they're like, we're playing really well. And, well, you know. I think I think they're sort of back on the horse. Former NSL team, you know, they're a pretty, mm-hmm. big, pretty big club. So last year, they only just survived. They beat Moreland in the relegation playoffs. Yeah. So maybe not a surprise, but maybe like... Oh, sorry. But they were up, they were up the pointy yeah, end of the table early on, you know, yeah, when well, Alex Salmon was scoring goals for fun. They're definitely a surprise, but I think for them, it's definitely, you know, back to where they would want yes. to be, which is yeah. good. So, good What about call. you, mate? Your, um, your surprise team... Well, I, I would probably say Altona. Very good call. They have lost a couple of games in a row now, but for a newly promoted team, they were as high as fourth. They were in the lofty area of the table, playing some pretty good football. Bit of a reality check, you know, yeah. in recent weeks, but they still find themselves sitting seventh, you know, which is pretty good for a newly promoted team. So... I'm pretty happy or, or a bit surprised, really, with how well uh, how well they've gone. But on the flip side, mate, most disappointing team, Kingston City. I don't even need to think wow. about that one. Yeah, that is a. It's it's weird because uh, people will probably yell at me and be like, "Yeah, but like you know, Daniel City have hardly been good, and you've always been 
preaching for them, but it's yeah. like, yeah, but like, oh, and actually, well, it's weird though. Now that you say that, the Dan Daniel City and Kingston City, worst performing teams in the league this year. What? Best food, right? Yeah, good. <laughs> well, the other thing with like most disappointing is you know Kingston. They were pretty bad last year. But they finished seventh. Dan and Ong City got promoted, so it's sort of not entirely unsurprising that a newly promoted team is yeah. down towards the bottom Didn't of the you table. Say that, and Altona got promoted and they're in seventh. Like, well, yeah, but that's a bit more of a surprise. Yeah. So, like, I don't think it's the the Premier League. Two of the teams who got promoted last year got relegated. Mm. So, you know, you kind of look at that. So, Kingston. Yeah, yeah my, it's a no-brainer for mine for Kingston. There's just like, apart from this week where they played really well, it has just been a cacophony of very poor performances. Um, yep. And I just couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel until this week. Yep. Um, what about you, Bran? Well, so disappointing. See, disappointing. I was going to say South Melbourne. But, which is fair. Yeah, which, which, but, you know, the fact that they beat Heidelberg... And the mm, fact that true. they beat Altona... We did this last week. With, if, if yeah. We, yeah, if we'd done this last week, it would have definitely been South Melbourne. Those two results against Altona and Heidelberg have sort of saved them a little bit because, you know, they're... I mean, they're still not scoring a ton of goals, but they're sort of mid-table-ish, so whilst it's They've been... They've got Marifiotti as well. Like, yeah. I really like Marifiotti, so... And I really like Salados. And whilst it's disappointing for them, I don't think they've been the most disappointing... I would say that's probably, in my opinion, probably Paco. Really? Yeah, they think they finished fourth or fifth last year. And so it, but they again, been that bad? Can you go to the table? Yeah, well, again, see, again, based on their work, they're 10th. Oh, yeah. So last week they were in the relegation zone. They did, they did pull out a 5-2 win, but before that they were like winless in their last five. They hadn't looked great. They hadn't yeah, looked okay. convincing, so I would have thought... Yeah, I'll pay that one. I don't, I don't, I've not been like emotionally... Um, angered by them this year. I think that's why I'm sort of... Yeah, I just I just think for both of those teams, they would have wanted to have done better, and they're not doing well. All right. Next question, second half tip. Yep. Who's going to be not necessarily the best team in the second half, but who do you reckon is going to be a lot better in the second half than they were in the first? Yeah. Um, we were talking about it before. Salidos, um, Marafiotti. Yeah. yeah, South Melbourne. I think South Melbourne have something's got... Something's clicked, maybe? I think so, and obviously that... They're very aware of this league, you know. They've got a lot of history in it. They've, they're a club of, you know, a lot of experience in yep. sort of same professional football. And if only Facebook and Twitter and Instagram followers related to wins on the Yeah, pitch, exactly. Know? So for mine, it's one of those ones where I'm I'm expecting South Melbourne to to really sort of start to get, put together a, a run of games and, yep. and good form and start to upset some of the some of the big boys as well, like they did this week. Yeah. What about you, mate? Uh, I, I reckon Oakley. I reckon Oakley. Yeah, great I, I reckon Oakley are trending up. You know, like they, yep. were, they were sort of the well. I'm surprised that I didn't say that they were my surprise tip for being really bad and almost disappointing. But yeah. they turned it around. Though. They were woeful, but they yeah. seem to have those positive results. And where City and well, City and City, Dandy City yeah. and Kingston City have had good performances, but haven't got points. Oakley have been able to translate those good performances into points, and you know they are within touching distance of climbing out and away of that relegation zone. Last question for you for yeah. our sort of mid-season review. What goddamn questions have we got? Only <laughs> one. one. Yes. Last. <laughs> a bold prediction. Oh, yeah. Tell me something that you think is potentially a little bit outrageous that's going to happen by the end of the year. Yeah, okay. Um, I absolutely know what it is. Dan and City are not getting relegated. Really? And to the point where they're just going to be even out of that relegation scrap come end wow. of year. Wow. Yeah. That is bold. That is bold. That is a big one. I'll tell you what, I've taken a different tone with my bold <laughs> prediction. What is the sense of yours is actually likely to happen? Um, well, no. Well, maybe, maybe not. But I'm going to say that two Dandenong teams will finish in the drop zone. Oh, such a knob. Am I? Yeah, you just had to do that, didn't Ouch. you? Ouch. Just to completely go against my <laughs> one. I mean, it makes yeah, it makes it tasty. Look, you're probably right, but I don't want you to be. Yeah, and, and by drop zone, I'm including the relegation playoff. Yeah. So Thunder could finish in that realm. But anyway. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, there we go. There's a bit of a mid-season there review. Is. Taking a look at a few other results. So there were a couple of FFA Cup games last night. A few more next week, but what were the results we had yesterday? Yeah, so we had Moreland Zebras got past Westgate. Um, 2-0 and South Melbourne scored 2 as well to beat Lang Warren who scored 1 the end result there <laughs> South Melbourne 2 Lang Warren 1 yes so 
couple of FFA Cup games. I think there's a whole yeah, bunch more. Yeah, a whole week, bunch so next week. Yeah, we read them out before. We won't. We should get off to one. We should really get off to a game. Hundred percent. Yeah, I like that. Um, another quick one. I know there's another long sort of review section, but, but again, wanted, plenty of football. Yeah, plenty of football. Um, plenty of one-one draws to go yes. through. Um, WNPL. Just want to have a quick look at that because they're at round 14, 27. Um, Calder United still out in front with an eight-point lead. They do have a game in hand. They have played an extra game, so. Um, you know, they're still quite out in a commanding lead, yeah. so it's not going to yep. matter too much. Um, Bulleen, Heidelberg, Alamein, and South Melbourne, they're sort of the next batch of teams that are in that finals area. Um, Box Hill, Geelong, Galaxy, Bayside, and Senior NTC round out that sort of what would also normally be rains. the at risk of the relegation zone right, unless yeah. Southern United um, were in the league, at which point Southern United still absolutely anchored on the bottom. Yep. But we will get to the Southern United score later on because, not to tease you guys too much, but there was a bit of an interesting result this week. We'll get to that in part two of the semi-pro body. Thanks for joining us for part one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part two of the Semi-Pro Potty, where we take a bit of a broader gaze of football and look around the world of football and talk about some of the things that we find intriguing, engaging, and ultimately very entertaining. I say very entertaining, it's probably mildly entertaining. <laughs> um, kicking off this week with our That's So Semi-Pro section, where we look at some things that probably are happening in the world of football that are quite semi-professional in nature. Brand, kick us off. What have you got? Well, I think this is just an absolute classic. And we did rename this That's So Semi-Professional. Got away from the That's So NPL for this week. I reckon we can adopt the That's So NPL because the one that I saw was that the Heidelberg-South Melbourne under-20s game was called off because the referees didn't show up. All four of them? Uh yeah, well, I think it's only three for the 20s games. But either, okay. way, either, way, wow. e- either way, there were not referees there. Surely which... you just get like someone's dad to go on referee. That's what we did back in the day. Well, I th- well, it's, I think the thing with the NBA is I think you actually have to be like qualified. Yes. <laughs> so, Shocked but, to the system. Yeah, hard to tell sometimes. But um, I just thought that was just classic. Like, just the re- I don't know. How do the referees not show up? Because yeah. the referees showed up for the seniors game. Yeah. So I don't know if they got sent to the wrong place and if because they looked at the lakeside. Yeah. They... And we can kind of um we can kind of like my mate Daniel's a referee and I can tell you from his accounts, refereeing one game is tiring. Yeah. So you can't just then be like, Oh hey guys, do you want to do two games? Yeah. We'll give you like fifty percent more or something yeah. like yeah. cheap like that. It's yeah. like fucking tiring being a referee. Well and I think most of the referees would rock up, you know, an hour and a half before the game, but not in time. For the start of the twenties, no, you know, no, so not like at all. You get a warm up and everything. Anyway, yeah. um, I had one that was very sort of semi professional. So the clean sheet Facebook page posted it last night. Yep. Well, and it, no, no, no. It's part of that. So semi pro. I'm sorry. Oh, I saw the run sheet. Do yeah. It. Um, so it's a referee announcement that the the guy at the ground has to has to call out. Yep. So he has to go through. These are our match officials, and. It's what I love about Australia, where we've got some very um, multicultural heritage, and we've got some very good names from around the world residing here, and I, for the life of me, cannot pronounce any of these names, so I want us to read through this and try and pronounce it and see who gets it right, but the thing that makes it so semi-professional is whilst the names are the hardest thing in this... The person who's written this referee announcement thing has spelt fourth incorrectly. Yes. So after, <laughs> so after spelling all the names, and for though obviously this is a podcast, so you can't say it, we will post a photo of it. Yeah. But every single one of these names has at least an alphabet's worth of letters. A, at yeah. least thirteen characters in oh, it. Okay. So yes, no. Um. So the, I'll read it out. I'm going to set the tone, Branson, to see how how you can go with this one. Yep. But the referee for this match is Mr. Sarai. Mahana de Simsimese. Yep. The assistant referees are Mr. Al Swaidi, Watham. Wow. Del- no, I can't do that one. Yep. Um, uh, and Mr. Alburi Math. Oh, Mathmuk Matal Dubzara. 
And the fourth assistant referee is Mr. Muhammad Zaid Thamohammad. That's the one that I'm going with. Is the easiest to pronounce. Oh, that's pretty good. Um, that is an absolutely outstanding one, Branson. You, you've got to try this one now. All right, here we go. So the referee for this match is Mr. Sarai Mahand Kwasamasi. The assistant referees are Mr. Alswadi Wathek Madala Obaid. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Sorry, we're doing an awful job of this. We're trying very hard, uh, and Mr. Alburi Mythank. I've not done this well, but okay, okay. So for the okay, because this is awful podcast radio material. So rather than reading this one out, I'm going to read out the spelling. So playing at home, see if you can get this. So his surname is spelt M A Y. So May. M A Y T H A T H A M K H A M M A T A B D. U-L-Z-A-H-R-A. And that's it. That's that, done. That, so that, that's, that, yeah. that, that's just his surname. Maythamp, Maythamp, Hammer, Tabdul, Zara. Zara. Okay, when you break it down, it's a little... Yeah, <laughs> but it's still not easy. That is long. Yeah. And that, then the next one. Uh, and Mr. Muhammad Zaid Thani Muhammad. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's really good. These are just an absolute... Great names. And I reckon to- the announcer of that ground got this team sheet through and was like, oh, you've got to be trolling me with and, this, surely. And to be honest, you know, like, these are great names and we've done a terrible name mm. of trying to uh, trying to pronounce it, but yeah, totally agree. Yeah. You'd, you'd get that team sheet and you look and you go, oh, I'm in trouble. I just, I I was thinking this, and so um, I'm going to call him Mr. Albury, the the... Fourth, the third name out of the four. Yep, Mr. Albury. Yep. How did he work with filling out forms online before, like Google could oh. save your personal? Like, could you that you just see a form and you'd be like, "Oh, screw this." You'd have a stamp. You'd have to. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 you'd have an insignia. What about when you do like your passport or your driver's license or something or any form? Is when you go to the doctor, writing your name, you know, Mister mm. William Chambers, and you just it, go. It's almost a password. Like you know how you should never use your name as a password because it's not secure. Yep, that's actually a pretty <laughs> secure password. Like I'm looking at that, going, "That's quite good." Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, um, we'll post a picture think- of it when you're going for your walks and your runs and wherever you listen to us. Have a look at it because we want to see if you can come up with how to pronounce this because um, we've failed miserably. I just tried to count how many letters were in his last name and there's too many for me to even count. I think there's 23. We are shit at maths on this <laughs> podcast though. We do know that. Like- <laughs> shit at maths and in this case, crap at pronouncing and crap at counting. But anyway, yeah. that is just so good. Um, I'd love if they got in touch and told us how to pronounce their names. Cause I, I want to more- try and I want to try and get um, the stream to see if I can see the, if they announce it over the um, over the commentary I because that would be great. I would love to know how to pronounce them properly. Mate, did Southern United win? Ah, now the teaser that we put in before. Very, very good result for Southern United this week, Bran. Yeah, they lost 2-0. So Fucking great it, result. <laughs> it is a loss, but 2-0. That's the closest, closest result that I think they've had all season. Yep, 100%. They Who have, did they play? Uh, oh, that's... Thanks for putting me on the spot. It was someone not terrible. I it was like Alamein or someone. No, I looked at it. I can't remember. Geelong. That Geelong. Was yes. That's I was going to say, I looked at it. And I, I clearly didn't write it down. Um, yeah, same. Yeah, 2-0 yeah, two loss. <laughs> well, well the, the tide is turning. I mean, it's not a win. No, it's, it's well, quite... Did they only lose 5-0 to Bulleen? Yeah, they win? lost 10-0, 5-0, 2-0. Yeah. So... 1-0 or do they just nil all? I think it's 4-3 win next week. Oh, clearly. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. Um, so, you know, we like that weirdly quite positive. confident loss. Yeah, yeah that it was positive. a positive 2-0 loss. Yeah, it's good. Um, what else do we like this week? Well, the thing that I reckon I like the most, pretty broad, but I like that the A-League season is over. Mm-hmm. Because now we can completely focus on the NPL. Yes. NPL, NPL takes centre stage, you know, the A-League got a bit stagnant, got a bit boring, a lot of debate over the finals, should they exist, all that sort of stuff. I reckon they should, but, you know, we just don't have to worry about that now. We just get to worry about the NPL, which is sort of exactly what the A-League should be. 14 teams, promotion, relegation, finals, everything you could want. Scraps. No dickhead cops. It's just great. Scraps. 
all over the table. Uh, yep. Sometimes scraps on the field. Uh, so the MPL is great, and I just love that we get to focus on that now. What about you, mate? What did you like? Um, I'm going to sort of rattle off two because they are sort of A-League related. So yep. I like the A-League Grand Final. You did like it. Funnily enough. Yeah. Hated the game of football that was on. Yeah. But absolutely loved me and Bran. Bran's housemates. Yep. Sitting around on a Sunday night watching yep. a spectacle of football. Yep. And also massive shout out to Papa Rich. <laughs> Excellent Malaysian feast that we ordered ourselves. Straight off delivery. Yeah. So I absolutely loved that. Um... And it was great to see, what was it, like 60,000 people at Optus Stadium oh, yeah. or whatever? Yeah, and I, I kind of feel bad about that, because when Adelaide United had their final, I invited a lot of friends who don't go to soccer and blah, blah, blah and they walked away being like, that was one of the best things I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, they were over the moon, and mm-hmm. there would have been a lot of friends who dragged their mates who said, we're in for a really special night here, and they did not deliver on the pitch. That was probably the worst grand final I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, like, that atmosphere seemed great, so we, can only, seemed great. we can only hope that those who did go, who I hadn't been before, will go back. Yeah. And they go, do you know what, this was great, go back next year, see what we've yeah, got. We're seeing boring cup finals across the world as well, you know, like the oh, of course. FA Cup finals, yeah. the dreary site this week, and, yeah. um, you know, it's just not... I, I was hoping that, you know, we sort of build up our finals series as, you know, people argue, should why do we have a final series in Australia for yeah. soccer? You know, no, you first one, but it, we need, need it. it. In Australia, 100%. we need it. Yep. Um, but it's just a bit annoying when it doesn't really give the dizzying heights. Um, next one for mine was, there was no VAR in the NPL this week again? After yep. the grand final VAR yeah. nonsense? Like, I just think... Like, I don't understand. Two mistakes in two grand finals and you're just sort of thinking you go what what is it for if it's not for this if it if VAR was not introduced to make sure in regular season you go okay you know maybe but I would have thought grand final grand final is exactly why you would bring it in so at least the title would not be decided and yeah, it's the last two titles have been decided off the back of it Sydney played better I think yeah and to be fair you know you know Sydney were they did have that goal ruled out. They did go into win it. So, like in terms of justice, it did. And it's it. also like no one wants justice for Sydney. Yeah. Shout out to Sydney and the victory for ruining the A-League. last two. Yeah, the last two A-League grand finals have been ruined Absolutely. by these oligarchs of football. Oh, it, the, the, <laughs> the league would have been better off if Newcastle had won. Yeah, and, and Perth. Exactly. 100%. It would have been hundred percent oh. better for the league. We probably would have won the World Cup as well. Yeah, selfish. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, congratulations, Sydney, and all the fans that travel. Bram, what else have you got that's good from the world of football? Uh, well, going back and looking at the Heidelberg game, just the wedding celebration before the <laughs> yeah. Heidelberg game. So, like, it's at the start of the highlight package. So, if you go back and you watch the uh, the Heidelberg South highlights, you can just sort of see it. So, it's a husband and wife in full wedding yep. getup. You know, I have to say, lovely dress, dress as well. It was yep. a very nice wedding dress. They're on the field pre-game. They had a photo taken with the team. Yeah. Before the game, after they'd come out onto the pitch, and they then drove off in a car. And so, like, I don't know if they got married at the stadium or if it was just a reception or whatever, but that's just amazing. And, you know, if your wedding world does not take place at Dandy City... Well, you know that I'm pretty... um, The catering would be set. Oh, God, the catering would be so... Like a, a... Oh my god, like a roast pork wedding cake. Yeah, ooh. oh, love it. Some um, Croatian beer as well. I reckon oh, you'd love that. No, so like, you know, I'm pretty anti getting married and all of that nonsense, but you know if what? You if to, I did, I'd uh, like, like a really lovely, like, Croatian woman who's like, yep, yeah, Will is like the love of my life mm. at Dandenong City, get married there. Great. Have the, and what's the thing after a wedding? Is it a wake? No, that's no. a funeral. <laughs> it's just a reception. Reception. Yeah, yes. having the reception while yeah, there's the a ceremony. game on in the background. Ooh. He's getting drunk in the shit. Oh, brilliant. There's definitely way more romantic <laughs> scenes in the world. But, <laughs> uh, not, weirdly, my, but not in the footballing yeah, heart. Really, my dream wedding is also my standard Friday night out with yeah, mates. Yeah, it's good. That's mildly concerning. <laughs> um, um, the other thing I liked quickly is... Just a goalkeeper taking a penalty during open play in a game. Again, in the in the Heidelberg game, Love Peter Raiders did it. Um, never seen that happen before. Uh, but the pressing question that I've got is, what would have happened if it was saved? So the goalkeeper has a shot, right? So you'd the haul goalkeeper- ass, yeah. You'd 100% have to haul well, well, ass. And, and we, we couldn't see it from the broadcast, but did Heidelberg have like a defender, you know, just sort of hanging back on the goal line or, or whatever, just in case it was saved and there was a quick... 
counter-attack. Well, the beauty of that is that... No, it's not the beauty of that. I was about to say, you can play a very high offside line, but the highest offside line you can play is halfway. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, it's a long kick. If you're the goalkeeper, you just hoof it into space and just tell your midfielders to run. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yep. Someone... No, someone would no doubt give away a yellow. You oh, would but, just but, hack someone. But that yellow could then very quickly be a red. <laughs> Imagine if it was a last-ditch tackle on the your 30-yard <laughs> goal line. I <laughs> uh, oh, love it. Um, but I did like that. Um, and also just the baller move. The girl who just kind of did what? I want it. Give it to me. And then scoring. Bang. I mean, I just, I just, it, it kind of confuses me that, again, he's better than the other 10 outfield players are taking penalties. Well, I think, I think the other thing... It's a sick like, penalty. Well, I think the other thing as well is the goalkeeper would prepare. He'd know where most strikers are going to go. He would have no idea where the goalkeeper's going to go. Like, you're not prepping for that. You're going, oh, you know. But what? I don't know. I just... Surely a midfielder has got a better range of passing than a goalkeeper. Reckon, yeah, but I reckon it's a psych out. I reckon yeah. it's a psych out move. Because all of a sudden, all of a sudden the goalkeeper... The, sorry, the penalty-saving goalkeeper's up there is mm. going, what do I even do for this? I don't yeah. know. I don't know where you go. What do you get? What? What? And then, Imagine we pen and anchored it. Who also pulled off that wank pen and anchor in the, <laughs> the Perth player? Santa Lab. <laughs> Santa Lab. Also, oh, and he had to retire after yeah. that. That was like the last king of his professional career. Yeah, it was also, just a shocker. We mentioned last week that Galekovic might be going to Dandy City. Looks like that one might not happen. They did sign Adrian Leia. Leia that, yeah. Another rumour is, another you know talking point I have heard, is that Santa Lab will go... To Dandy City. That'd be so good. I know, but imagine if he pulls a Fanakar off in the NBL. I'm going to go there again? and give him so much yes. shit if he does that. Anyway, mate. Oh, um, that's it. That's the end of part two. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, join us back very quickly for part three, where we will look through the preview section of the show, upcoming fixtures this weekend, um, and we'll also discuss our match of the round and find out if George is going to eat some food this week. Mm. See you on the other side of the break. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part three, the preview section of the Semi-Pro Potty, where we take a look at the upcoming week's fixtures. Friday night kicks us off. We've got Melbourne Knights at home to Oakley Cannons. It'll be a very good one, given the recent results and performances. Um, and Pasco Vale versus Heidelberg as well on Friday. Bran, what have we got on Saturday? Saturday, we got a three-peat of good games. We've got Green Gully taking on Altona Magic. Avondale taking on Dandenong City, mm. and then Hume City versus Dandenong Thunder. Jeez, again, another Saturday night of good football. It's yep. this is Saturday, most of them are Saturday afternoon, though, aren't they? I know that Avondale... Uh, Gully, Gully and Avondale playing yeah. Saturday, Arvo. I think the Hume City is a night game. Yes. What about um, Sunday, mate? Sunday, uh, back at the lakeside, South Melbourne taking on Bentley Greens. That'll be a cracker as well. Yep. What's the weather like on Sunday? Uh, no idea. Hopefully raining and good. Um <laughs> Kingston City versus Port Melbourne on Monday rounds us off. Yes. Um, match of the round predictions, Branson. I reckon I reckon it's going to be South versus Bentley, in my opinion. Yep. I mean, Bentley, obviously, good win, sitting second on the table. South Melbourne have been a bunch of other good teams. They beat mm. the Nines, beat Altona, beat Heidelberg. They're in good form, as good as form as you could really kind of hope to be in yep. before coming up against Bentley. So, at Lakeside 2, will South be able to... Uh, carry on and continue what do you think I really want to go to that game and it is my match of the round as well but uh, I've realised there's wrestling on on a Sunday (laughs) afternoon it's also on Sunday it's meant to be rainy and 15 degrees that is mad that is what I like to watch football in yeah doesn't get much better than that oh bummer really angry now um Southern United um they've got a game this weekend Yep. This is going to be their 4-3 win. Their yes. first 4-3 win of the season. Yep. Uh, playing away to Bayside. That is now looking a little bit not likely. Well, but... well, Bayside, winnable game. Bayside are 8th out of 10. So only they've only won 3 games. They have lost 8. Yeah, they don't ship too many goals though, do they? I mean, of course they're doing better than Southern. Yes. But, not yeah, not. No, yes. But, could be. Could be. Might not be. Probably won't be, but could. Um, George, he was being a little bit of a prick last week. He was. He went absolutely bananas. He just straight up refused to make a pick. He's been very moody the past two weeks. The Mm. week before that, he picked Heidelberg through their container. Yeah, that was emphatic. Said, said, I'm not having any of this. And then this week, he said, uh, maybe maybe because it was a draw. Maybe because Heidelberg and Avondale drew. He's like, I'm not going to make a pick if these teams are just going to go out there and draw games. I'm not happy with that. 
It could have been. Is he watching the games? He knows. Surely he knows. Uh, oh, yeah, he's psychic. <laughs> Rather, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, of course. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't need to watch when you can see the future. <laughs> he knows. <he's... laughs> so uh, we will attempt to get him to make a pick, but if he decides, uh, it was really bizarre because he sort of decided not to. I did try four times to see if he wanted to go. Mm, RSPCA, all... if you're listening to this, yes, Branson's trying to force feed his rabbit. <laughs> well, I, know, I was like, because I gave him celery the first time, I'm like, maybe he doesn't want celery. Then I'm like, maybe he wants spinach, maybe he wants both, maybe he wants that and hay. I gave him everything he could have wanted and he wanted none of it. Oh, wow. So I don't know why, but if he refuses to make a pick this way, I don't know what we do. He just didn't... I, he... I even know my argument for this is we always... We put him up on Facebook Marketplace. There yeah. is a home for George. Sure, there is always, true. yeah, always a home. Oh, for we George. put out a what is it? A advice needed psychic, psychic <laughs> Get a pet, pet whisperer. Yeah, yeah. Or, oh, or on the t- and on the topic of pet whispering, everyone, I think that's the end of the show. Surely, yeah, I think we're yeah, we're really descending into <laughs> madness now. Yeah, good call. Stopping that. I'll yeah, like <laughs> thanks very much, everyone, for listening to episode fifteen of the Semi Pro Potty. Will Branson, always pleasure to join you guys and talk about MPL football. Let us know what games you're going to this week on Twitter and Instagram at SemiProPotty. Keep up the good work and enjoy the football that is to come. Thanks very much for listening to episode 15 of the Semi Pro Potty. <laughs> <laughs>